cliffcentral.com. All right, um, we're going to turn our attention to something a lot more interesting than my uh, ranting and raving this morning. And it is to talk to Dr. Hanan Bushkin, who we've had on before. Um, Dr. Hanan, just so that we can let you boast a little bit about your credentials, he's, he's a, a renowned psychologist in South Africa, but we're going to talk to him about his credentials a little bit before we get into everything else. Um, a lot of people were asking the other day, you know, are you a psychologist, psychiatrist? Where did you study? Have you got a master's? Have you got a doctor's? What's the whole thing? Boast a little bit because none of us have any qualifications of that, of that nature on this show. <laughs> You're the only one who's, who's that qualified. Go ahead. All right. So, um, I do have my PhD in psychology. I've, uh, I've uh, specialized in anxiety and trauma for 18 years. Uh, I've created or have researched a groundbreaking research on the meaning and purpose in life. We found that there's specifically eight fundamental criteria to achieving meaningful, and that's going to be actually published in the European uh, Journal of Psychology in the wow. next couple of months. So. That's Amazing. Exciting. Well, that's good stuff. I just I thought it would be worth uh, giving you a chance to boast a little bit because you know we have a lot of guests on the show and most of them are smarter than we are, and uh, you're one of those people. And we wanted you to have a chance to explain where you come from and what you do because we go straight into these issues every week without finding out about you, and uh, we will through the course of the next couple of weeks too. But for today, I thought it was really interesting that we ended last week by talking a little bit about the way that people are reacting to all these changes in their lives, the way that people need to discover purpose and meaning. And we've been careful not to be too general. But right at the end of our conversation last week, you and I had a, a brief moment to highlight the savior complex. And I wonder how widespread this is. I wonder how many people are going through life not realizing that they have this. I think a lot of people are much more familiar with the victim complex, you know, where you feel sorry for yourself, where you always picture yourself at the losing end of every situation where you think everybody else is out to get you. And, and this victim complex, while it is very widespread, and I think many people um, might be suffering from it or think they suffer from it, it's certainly more well-known than the savior complex. What is a savior complex? And help us to define it and understand how it might be something we're suffering from or that someone we know might be suffering from at the moment. Right. Well, it's actually a lot more common than people think, uh, because it doesn't really show in, phys in terms of physical symptoms. But the savior complex is also known as the white knight complex or the white knight syndrome. And it's a deep desire and an addiction. And the key word is an addiction. It's a deep desire and addiction to save somebody, whether they need saving or don't need saving to satisfy your own cravings. Hmm. The it must be it must be noted that we all have a need to be acknowledged, to be liked, to be a part of the group. That's primitive. So the whole notion of I need to be needed or I need to be liked, and our message to everybody is like, yeah, that's what makes us humans. We're all the same. Sure. We all have a need for for some form of feedback. Whether you are one day old or a hundred and one day old, we all need feedback. Yeah. That's how we know our place in the world. That's our kind of, kind of our GPS coordinates. That's how we figure out where we're at and what we're about. Because I, I only know about myself and where I'm at based on feedback. Without feedback, we go crazy. Now I heard <laughs> that the, the quietest room in the world, it's, uh, I think it's in Sweden or something where they have all these sound absorbers on the wall. It's, you can't even hear yourself, your heartbeat. And apparently you can't be in that room for longer than 30 minutes. Um, and I understand that. I get that. We function really, really well when we have consistent feedback. 
the moment we don't get feedback or even worse, inconsistent feedback, that's when we go crazy. Mm-hmm. So when people, when people have the so-called um, savior complex or the white knight syndrome, and you have a deep desire to go and save someone, that's not the problem. The problem is when it is based on an addiction, on I need to, otherwise I'm going to fall apart. Hmm. I need to, otherwise I'm going to get depressed. I need to, otherwise I'm going to get anxious. So when it becomes extreme, where it actually starts affecting yourself, so you do it at your own expense, where it starts affecting your mood, your relationship, your work, your financial instability, that's when it becomes a big problem. How do you know that it's become a problem? I mean, how can you identify that in your life? Because many of us are actually in a situation where we're trying to save people, not because we have a complex necessarily, but because people around us need the help. So how do you know when it's a problem? So it's a, it's never a good idea to assess yourself because, you know, we are so good <laughs> at bullshitting ourselves into believing that our position is the ultimate we are. We can rationalize yeah, anything. Absolutely. I've seen drug addicts, you know, justify why one more hit, uh, alcoholics, just one more drink. Mm-hmm. And that goes on for 25 years. So we shouldn't <laughs> judge us. We, choose, we shouldn't choose ourselves to judge whether we're doing well. Look around you. Mm. Ask, your, ask your, the closest people around you. Uh, and when I say closest people, people that have your best uh, interest at heart, your family, your best friends, your colleagues, see what's happening around there. Uh, be honest with yourself. Are you financially where you want to be? Be honest with yourself. Are you in terms of career where you want to be? Be honest with yourself. Are you in terms of relationships where you want to be? And if the answer is no, then start questioning whether you have some form of patterns that don't work for you. So how how can you um, identify these people from the point of view of, of what attracts them? Because it, it's they're drawn to vulnerability. And although they think they're helping, sometimes they're doing a lot of damage too. Um you know, there are people in the world who, as we, we discussed last week, people who have a victim complex. And obviously the best combination uh, from, from a point of satisfaction for both of these people is to have a victim and a savior together so, because yeah. they complement each other right. in respect of each other's needs. But it's not necessarily – it's pathological for both of them too because all they do is develop this very toxic need rather than – a situation where they can break out of it and be individuals who are sovereign, who can make their decisions, be in control of their destiny, discover their purpose and meaning in life. Instead, they end up just feeding each other's paranoia. Completely. And it's actually, it's called the codependent relationship Mm. where we are addictedly dependent on one another. Um, And I must tell you, a lot of the times it just works. The dance works. Mm. You know, I'm a victim, you're a savior and we dance it out and it works. But a lot of the time when it starts breaking down other necessities, as I said, other relationships, your work, your sense of purpose, your financial security, your health, that's when it becomes a problem. But people with savior complex or the white knife complex, they don't necessarily just look at uh, for victims. Uh, what they naturally do, and sometimes the addiction is so severe, is that they meet well-abled individuals and they break them down mm-hmm. just so they can go and fix it. I mean, how crazy yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll go. And it happens, and it happens in a lot of relationships where an abuser will meet a whole person that will break them down just so they can patch them up 
and break them down just so they can patch them up. What it is, happens like that with severe complex. What is Munchausen's syndrome and how does that fit into this? Because we, I, I remember hearing about you know these, these mothers who do it by proxy. They say that their kids are ill or they make them ill so that they can be the saviors. Is that related in any way to this situation or is that a totally different system? Very much, very much. You know, we are all addicted. Every single person is addicted to a couple of things. And uh, one, familiarity. We all, all have familiarity. Mm. And two, we all like to close loops. We all like to make sense of our world. That's yes. what keeps us safe and going. Yes. The problem is what you define as an open loop. Uh, pathologically ill people just think that everything is an open loop and they try to fix so many things, including their kids, yeah. that actually makes the kids sick. You know, there's a great saying, here's an Oprah moment. Don't give your kids what they can't give themselves because you're actually ruining them. You're fucking up your kids if you fix for them what they could be doing for themselves. Mm. You know, if I keep on uh, the trainer wheels for my kids while they're riding a bike and I never take it off, yes, well done. They can ride a bike, but life is going to take them off for them. Life is going to take the trainer's wheels off for them, and then what are they going to do then? So don't do to anybody what they can do uh, for themselves. That's such an interesting thing. Uh, you know, the, this, this Munchausen's syndrome is, is interesting because what the parents are, are, they think they're doing so much good. And, and you see a lot of this going on right now. I wonder if parents don't suffer sometimes from a savior complex. Um, exactly the example you give now, these parents who make life as easy as possible for their kids, they, they put them in cotton wool. They make sure that they never really have to face any adversity or difficulty in their life. And they're always catered to. In other words, the children are in charge of the parents, not the other way around. And then these kids go out into the world and they think that everyone owes them. We see these people who are hugely entitled, who believe that everything should be rolled out like the red carpet in front of them and that life should be a, a, a bed of roses. And, and you meet these people in work and you meet these people in society and you meet these people if you're trying to have a relationship with one of them, God forbid, but if you do, it's impossible to deal with them. They're like eternally children. They're always in the mindset that they need to be catered for. You know, I want to tell you that our job as parents is to train our kids for the real world, for how the world works. And the world works with reward and consequences and rules and structures. That's how the world works. If you give in to your kids, at every time that they scream or shout or have a tantrum, then is that how the world works? Could you scream and shout at the cop? Could you scream and shout at the law? Could you scream and shout at your teacher? Could you scream and shout at your boss and get your own way? So what you're doing is, yes, you are protecting your kids from from crying or from being sad or from being anxious or from uh, feeling insecure, but you're not training them for how the world works. And when, as I said, life takes the trainer wheels off, your kids have got no idea on how to cope with it. Yeah, this is, this is pretty uh, heavy stuff. And I think for, for many parents, this is the stuff that makes them uncomfortable. Uh, parents especially, but then there are the rest of us too in society who, who look around and we go, we actually do have a lot of those kids around. Kids who are still on their training wheels trying to pretend they're adults. Um, and it's, it's Well, very- it's actually most. Gareth, it's actually most adults. Yeah. Most adults are yeah. on the trainer train, train wheels. Yeah. Most adults have got no idea on how to cope without yeah. the assist, assistance of X, Y, and Z. Most adults can't stand on their own two feet. I mean, we look, we look like we're independent. Mm-hmm. We look like we're walking on our own two feet, but most adults are like that. 
All right, I know Leanne and Sia have probably got some comments on this. Do either of you think mm. you suffer from a savior complex sometimes? Well, I hate oh. to be the victim here. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I literally have been a victim of, of, of what you mentioned about someone taking someone who's whole and breaking them down in order to feel, in this case, it was control. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's just so interesting that you put it that way. Um, and yeah. another, just an anecdote, is a friend of mine who, would, when, whenever we were at a bar, she would find the guy who looked the most down and out, <laughs> the oh, wow. most depressed-looking guy sitting at the end of the bar with his head in his hands, and she'd make it her mission to make him happy that night Oof. or become involved in his life somehow. Um, and that's just how she was. And, um, yeah, you do you get people like that. Maybe she was looking for some kind of reward. But you know what, Leanne, it might sound so admirable that she went up to a depressed guy and, <laughs> you know, cheered him up. But how do we know that that depressed guy wasn't contemplating going back to his wife and she cheered him up and she and he told her to fuck off when he got home? So maybe, she, you know, how do we know that, you know, when we're saving someone, we're doing what's best for them. Actually, we're doing what's best for us. It's completely selfish. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I see. I see that now. Yeah, you know, yeah. <clears throat> the motivation. Yeah, I, motivation. Something else. Yeah, from go ahead. my own learnings, that I had the the savior complex for a long time in my relationships, and it's up until when I learned that you build someone up and you help them, and just like nursing a little bird back to health you are equipping them to fly and then they fly away. And I was left going, wait a minute, but after everything that I've done for you, you're just going to leave. But the the, the lesson for me was actually, it's about my insecurities because helping someone was where I got my sense of value, my sense of worth. You know, I got off on people saying, thank you. And oh my gosh, you helped me so much. But the, now I know that a healthy dynamic in any sort is you being there is enough and you are enough as you are. You don't have to give like that. So Dr. Hanan, what sort of work does someone have to do if they are, if they do suffer from a savior complex, what type of work do they have to do to get out of it in a healthy way? So first of all, I'm going to mention that again, we're thinking we're help, we're helping someone by being, by being there or by giving them money or by giving them support. But how do you really know that it's helping them and helping them according to whose definition of helping them? Is it helping you because it makes you feel better or is it helping them? I always say the first step is to get the person to share with you what, what they're needing, what they're bidding for and never invest into somebody at the cost of your own well-being, physical well-being, Mental well-being. Hold because on, that, as that's I mentioned a, that is last such, week, that is a huge we all have limited of, amount of energy to invest. And if you invest into one, you don't have all the energy to invest into another. Doctor, so if I invest, I just, into, I just want to stop you because you said something there that's hugely important. Like this is a big, big deal for some people. Don't um, sacrifice your own health, well-being, happiness, etc., for someone else. Right. Mm. Completely. I mean, obviously, you know, we're within reason. There are exceptions to that. We don't want to make people think that that's a de facto rule. But you cannot make someone else happy at your own expense. You cannot make someone else pleased, excited, thrilled, 
Uh, you can't take away their anxiety if you're going to add to your own. This is this is a big deal because oh. a lot of people are going through life thinking that they're martyrs. They're helping everyone else along. You know what? The difference between adults and children is children really use their emotions as barometers to tell them whether what they're doing is right and wrong. <laughs> adults understand that emotions are random and irrelevant in this equation because adults understand that what feels right could be completely wrong and what feels wrong could be completely right. So gym feels really wrong, but it's right. And drugs feel really right, but it's wrong. You can't judge your feelings in judgment and whether what you're doing is right or wrong. And don't use other people's feelings as judgment too, because as I put my trainer, my kids trainer wheels on their bike, they feel really good, but it doesn't mean it's right. And when I take the trainer wheels off, they feel really bad, but it doesn't mean it's wrong. So don't judge whether what you're doing is right or wrong based on your own or others' feelings. Judge whether what you're doing is wrong services the end goal. And if it services the end goal, irrespective of what you're feeling, that's right. Beautiful. I think we're going to end it on that note. You can't get much more solid advice than that from anybody. So Wow, wow, we were. Yeah, that's that's terrific. Thanks, Dr. Hanan. Always good to see you, and we'll check in with you next week. Amazing. There's uh, there's some solid stuff for you, huh? How about that, Sia, Leanne, everybody? I feel like I've just been to church, baby. Yeah. That ending. Well, I mean, society... the society is really, um, you know, it's, it, are you an adult or are you, are you in child mode? I think that's so relevant yeah. uh, to almost every discussion. And, and you know what, what uh, Dr. Hanan was saying there about what feels right is sometimes wrong and what feels wrong is sometimes right cannot be repeated enough. Yes. I love the example he gave about how going to gym feels wrong because it's like, oh, I don't want to do this. This is a pain in the backside. It doesn't it's feel hard. Good. It's hard, it's right? Yeah. You get out, you're tired. But it's right. And taking drugs feels amazing. You're on this high. You're having a wonderful time. You're enjoying yourself. But it's wrong. So well, even just creating that conversation that you know you need to have, a conversation about reaffirming your yep. boundaries in a relationship, mm-hmm. a conversation about being honest and confessing yep. to something. It feels wrong. You're dreading it, but it's the right thing to do. And I Can wonder, you imagine how many people have sat before Dr. Hanan and said, but it just feels right. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, oh, yeah. horning bells. <laughs> well, he said that he, he actually, he was, he was this clear about it. He said the definition of a child and an adult is that they can differentiate between the way that something feels and what it actually is, whether or not it's good for them. I think that's so mm. important. We live in a society today where we are encouraged by many in society to just accept what people's feelings are as being the truth on face value or because we're expected to to trust them because they're supposed to trust their feelings. It's madness. Just because you say something feels X, Y, and Z to you doesn't mean it's true. I'm terribly sorry. That's hugely important information. Mm. In this world right now, we could do with a whole lot more of that wisdom and a whole lot less of the stupidity of people going, it feels X, Y, and Z to me, so you have to respect it. Nonsense. You're not a child. Cliffcentral.com